Welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We're in the morning show for any hour. Uh, we got a lot of news going on. Kind of a random grab bag today. Electric cars failing. Kamala on The View. An important Supreme Court case that you guys need to know about. But before we get to all that, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Pretty good, I would say, all things considered. I got my blood test results back. You know, I've been preparing for this one. The doctor wanted to see how I was handling being on a statin drug. Mm. Very light, very light. Okay. And so I was, I had some concerns because I had finished a giant container of hot and sour soup 24 hours before that. And Kate was mm -hmm. like, well, how much of the soup did you have? And I'm like, well, the whole container. Like a gallon. Yeah, you know, and she said, you're not supposed <laughs> to have the whole thing. It's from Whole Foods. I said, it's got to be healthy. And I looked under the sodium. Oh my God. It was like 2,290 something yeah. milligrams of sodium. Nine, and it said percentage of daily intake, 93. From a little, from a container of soup from Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole Foods is not supposed to do that to you. This is How could they do that to me? Prepared soups are often extremely high in sodium. I have been told I'm, this all the time. I'm a and sodium, even from Whole Foods. I'm a salt out. truther, though. I'm like, it's good for you. It's, it's fine. Well, this is what's amazing. So that, I don't believe it when they say it's bad for you. I drink a lot of water between that and the blood test. So then the results come in, and the sodium is completely fine. No issues on the sodium. There you go. Okay, so uh, bad news, good news. The bad news is there is some sort of, you know, I remain pre-diabetic, mm -hmm. so the glucose levels and everything else, and also... Ah, some of those numbers for the AG ratio or whatever it is and the albumin and the protein, things that are liver related, are a little bit on the high side, shall we okay. say. I, I, I'm i not sure why, because you know me, I'm not much of a big drinker myself, so I'm where's, not sure about where's that. Where's this coming from? I have no idea. It can't possibly be the two <laughs> bottles of wine I had on Saturday. The amazing news, however, is mm. that those statins worked. I had my doubts. Or mm -hmm. I was wondering how stubborn my cholesterol would be. It dropped. Okay. Cholesterol dropped. Triglycerides are uh, dropped. The good cholesterol's up. The bad cholesterol's down. I'm I'm ready to eat like a dozen eggs. There you go. I think that's- Let's get so on it. I'm feeling great, mostly, <laughs> except for the, the liver thing. Mary Catherine, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. It's going to end up being a snow week in the I D.C. Hear. area. yes. By uh, the time our listeners are listening to this, in fact, quite possibly. Well, we could have a nice dumping of snow here. Certainly, I don't think my kids are going to school on Friday. You don't? You, you think they're going to? Do you think the, the schools are going to jump the gun and like the night before they're going to just, uh, just throw in the towel? I think probably so. I mean, it's, the forecast is for not a small amount of oh, snow. Oh, I was hoping it was just a dusting. No, it, this one's not a oh, dusting. No. This one's a dumping. Wow. And it's supposed to start in the early morning Friday and then... Then, so we'll see. That's by the you guys week. will know the future by the time you <laughs> listen to this. At any rate, so we are getting all of our kids out into the snow. Now I missed some of that, you which did. made me sad. But also, I was okay with it because I don't love the cold that much. I don't. I you know I try to be a cool mom, and I'm like, in theory. I would like sledding, right? In theory, I would like to be out yeah. and about doing active things. With your children hate the cold, hate it. Yeah, you're <laughs> still, from North Carolina. Still, as a Southerner, I do not always have the proper equipment. I have upgraded my coats. I think I have some decent gloves. Um, Can't find my ski pants, so I got no waterproof pants. Don't know where those. Do are. you really bulk up? Dude, I have to. This is what <laughs> I learned. <laughs> You're wearing, Chef, you're not watching us on YouTube. Mary mm. Catherine's wearing a, 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 a hat. She's in the wearing a, a ski cap. 
The ski this cap? Is, you know what? This is a fashion statement, okay? It, okay. This is part of actual the utilitarian in I the office. I guess it's part of the look. Nonetheless, you lose a lot of heat on the top of your head. You got to be careful. That's the most important part. But I did learn when I got to D.C. and I had to deal with colder temperatures than the South, yes. that I was just uh, not dressed for it. For a long time, I just had this like little leather jacket. And I was like, it's so cold here, friends. And my friends are like, get a better jacket. Well, so I did. Yes. And also, <laughs> it kind of depends on uh, where you are from. Because, uh, for example, uh, our, our friend Christopher Caldwell, who is originally from Massachusetts, right. he'd walk around, even if it, in this oh, temperature in the teens, in just a blazer like normal. But the only thing, the only difference is... He wore the hat. Ah, see, that'll help you. Because he says that's you. the key. No, I cannot do that. I need some real boots. I need some real clothes. I can't do it. Now, my children, and I'm interested, do your children go out and sled? Or are they too old Not for that anymore. now? Yeah, oh, no, I feel like, like I feel like even teenagers should sled. It's yeah. so Oh, I did that as it's a It's so whole, in theory fun. In my tw- <laughs> in my 20s, I would still do yeah, that right? with my high school buddies. They were sledding on Capitol Hill. Uh, that's open for sledding. Yes. Uh, so we got a couple good hills in our neighborhood. This dusting the first time around wasn't quite good enough for a lot of sledding, but we might try it later this week. The baby, eh, on snow, but we did have snowsuits for them. I was pretty proud of myself. We did have actual clothing for them. I didn't do what we did as children, which is when my parents wrapped our tennis shoes in uh, Wonder Bread bags. That's what we did as children. This is the South, Vic. We didn't have boots. We just Wonder, waterproofed Wonder them bread bags. with bread, bread bags. Bread, with bread bags. So it was very fashionable, too, because uh-huh. you had the Wonder Bread had all the little red and blue dots. Yep. Looking good. Looking good. Looking good. Stylish. So I was proud of myself that we did have some cold weather gear for the babies. Uh, the toddler, not a fan. Not a fan of the snow. No, no. Not oh, a fan of the right? cold. Didn't she like was not it. into it. Didn't like it. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, the thing is, if you're dealing with kids as well, and you know, I mean, ideally, you kind of like, oh, I like the idea, right? Yes. For, uh, from a distance of doing these things, but when you're handling the kids, in that eventually the snow gets, you know, however, gets into yeah. your wrist. Well, it gets into your wrist inside the gloves, and then of course inside the boot. Yes, we do have the advantage now that the older two kids can dress themselves for snow, so you're not in charge of dressing them. Yeah. The little kids, you have to dress. And here's the thing. you got to drill on that. you got to drill on dressing your little kids for snow because you're only going to get them outside for roughly 11 and a half minutes. So if you spend 30 minutes getting them ready, it will not. That part is true. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. you I have got to cut down on that prep time. I have vague memories of Kate doing this. (laughs) Yeah. So we did only have one set of gloves. So I was like, it's like Hunger Games out here, girls, uh, girl and boy. Which one of you needs it? <laughs> you can fight over it. Yeah. Whichever one of you will tolerate wearing mittens can have the mittens. Oh, How about the mit- that? Oh, boo-, boo to the mittens, man. I yeah. was never a mitten person. Well, I mean, these are babies. They oh, don't use their true. fingers okay, anyway. That's true. that's true. Anyway, so I am going to attempt to be fun mom this weekend and do some sledding uh i'll i'll report back to you uh perhaps i'll go to walmart and get myself some waterproof pants so that i so that i'm not so that i'm impervious and then when the, the kids come back do you ha- do you feel like you're compelled especially the older girls to make hot chocolate hot oh cocoa? that's my oldest's game she's like i'm going outside look mom i'm outside i'm very cold Ooh, we're doing active stuff runs to the house as soon as possible like where's that hot chocolate uh, where's just- that hot chocolate for the hot chocolate. Look, she's not, right. a, she's not into it either. I understand. But I'm like, you do have to earn it with like 20 minutes of outside time. Uh, give me at least that much time outside alone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'll see what I can do. I'll report back to you guys okay. on my sledding. I'm going to show these kids a great time. There was a play I was reading the other day that somewhere in, it might have been Canada, uh, they banned sledding on like 
a large number of hills yes, in a city. That was in Canada. I saw that as well. Sigh. Look, it can be dangerous, but this is safetyism run amok. It has always been dangerous. I, I remember, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, you know, his grandfather had a cabin in the Catskill Mountains. Not the Catskill, so it's not like yeah. we're going to gross things, but really in the mountains. And there was a very steep hill and it was called Suicide Hill. Well, you know. Yeah. Truth in advertising. That's it. <laughs> my it was brother, great. the one of the only broken bones in my childhood home oh. was my brother broke his foot uh, because a sled went wayward and he yes. unwisely used his foot as a, you know, yeah. stopper, which is not yes. what you want to do. No. Um, and in our family, that meant that he complained of pain in his foot. And my mom was like, I guess here's some Tylenol. The foot started to get large. Three, three days later, he's still complaining. And she's like. I guess we should have you taken in and give that a look. It was, look, it was the 90s. Things were different then. The 90s. They go to the doctor and there's like four broken bones across the top of his foot. <laughs> yeah. A broken toe, sometimes that there's nothing you can do about that. Well, but also, the foot. Like, the the metatarsals. Kind of, yeah. The metatarsals are, are delicate. Yes. That's right. I know the name of those bones. And uh, he was healed. It was fine. He wore a boot for a while. And like, you know what? He got stronger during those three it, days. It made That's him what stronger. I like to think. Yeah, no. Man, the 90s were different. Okay. Should we do the news? Let's do it. All right. Speaking of cold weather. Oh, actually, you're oh, going yes. to do an international update first. <laughs> first an international update before oh, we return to the Oh, my segue is killed. I know. It was a really good segue. <laughs> this is just a very quick update. On our last episode, we talked about uh, the Houthis and the U.S. striking back, but sort of in this half-assed sort of way and tit for tat, as we said, and that they had been removed from the terrorist designation that Trump had put them on right. prior to the Biden administration. Shortly after we recorded the show, of course, it was announced that they are now considered, the Biden administration has now redesignated them as terrorists, oh. but not so fast, Mary Catherine, because the Biden administration has called them specially designated global terrorists, as opposed to another designation, which was under Trump, Foreign terrorist organization. The difference is mm -hmm. under the Biden specially designated, you cannot seize assets oh. and you cannot actually go after anyone who helps them. Oh, so what what makes them specially designated? Is it like, you know, a terrorist group like Al Qaeda is Al Qaeda and they're under that designation. And then special designation is like, do you run a soup kitchen on the side? Yes, it was, it's, it's sort of a minor concern, but it's, you know, it's in order, once again, to uh, placate concerns from our friends in Iran mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to make sure we don't want to upset them. The way a lot of these terrorist groups work, Hamas is one, Hezbollah is one, the Houthis are one. They often add outreach activities oh, yeah, sure, to absolutely. the community. Yeah. And you get a lot of uh, apologists saying, well, look they at the social the services they're offering. So I would imagine that might be part of the... Uh, Perhaps schools. Yeah, school book, textbooks. The, un the UNRWA schools, they're yes, so the good. Yes, the UNRWA textbooks that they, 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 and I don't know why the kids believe this about Israel and the Jews now. But, I know, so strange. You know, it was very strange. But yet again, it's just another example of the failed deterrence. And I just keep on thinking the Iranians must think that we're a complete joke. Also, so. Biden, as one of his first acts, takes them off the list. Mm -hmm. And then he's asked the other day, do you believe they're terrorists? And he's like, yes, I, I do. And it's like, hey, memo to Biden. This is one of your first priorities in office is that yeah. you took them off the terrorist list. He doesn't remember he, that. He does this a lot, just like with Taiwan. You're going to yeah. come to defense. Yes. And then he stopped. He's like, should I have said yes? Mm -hmm. 
Mm. All right. So that's what's going on there. Speaking of cold weather. Oh, yes. Where were we? Excuse me. Before I rudely interrupted. Oh, how do you think the electric car owners are doing this week? If you know anything about batteries, Mary Catherine, probably not so great. It's not great out there for the electric yeah. car drivers. So uh, this is from the New York Times. And you get it's this is interesting because from the New York Times there's there's a couple motivations here. Yeah. Conflicting because they like the idea of electric cars, but they also kind of want to slam Elon Musk and Tesla. So oh. Like, ha ha, yeah. the Teslas aren't working, but also we want to convince everybody to drive <laughs> also, electric cars. We, we don't know what to do. All right. With Chicago temperatures sinking below zero, electric vehicle charging stations have become scenes of desperation, depleted batteries, confrontational drivers, and lines stretching out onto the street. When it's cold like this, cars aren't functioning well, chargers aren't functioning well, and people don't function so well either. Well, yeah, because they're freaking cold and their car is broken, <laughs> said uh, Javed Spencer, an Uber driver, who said he had done little else in the past three days besides charge his rented Chevy Bolt and worry about being stranded with a dead battery again. This is this just this story alone. Yeah. Mr. Spencer, so he's, he's oh, making money from it's Uber. It's a great story. He's paying for a Chevy Volt. Great in a terrible way. Then Mr. Spencer, 27, said he set, set out on Sunday for a charging station with 30 miles left on his battery. Within minutes, the battery was dead. He had to have the car towed to the station. So this is a man trying to make a living with Uber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has a promise that this Chevy Bolt will work for him. He's paying for the Chevy Bolt. He's paying for the charge. He's headed out to responsibly get his charge with plenty of miles left. He goes there and he has to have his car towed to the station because he can't make it there on his battery, which is another giant expense if you've ever had a car towed. That is not a small yeah, expense. No, it um, adds up. And this is like happening everywhere. Can I give you my uh, favorite quotes from the story? Yeah. And this is a shot in Freida for uh for people who own combustion engine cars, by the way. So here's my favorite. From fa my cold, dead hands. Yes. So here, he, no, and because it's it's a vindication. So here are my favorite quotes. The first one was about our, our friend here, Mr. Spencer. Quote, recharging the battery, which usually takes Mr. Spencer an hour, took five hours. Are you telling me that even in the best of circumstances, you have to sit like at the Joe Biden rest center for an hour? Yeah. On your journey? And, and Okay, so that's the first one. The second quote. Nick Sethi, a 35-year-old engineer in Chicago, said he had found his Tesla frozen shut. He spent an hour in minus five degree temperatures struggling with the locks. Oof. Again, in the olden days, you have a key. Look, in the best of times, it. I don't know how to open the doors to a Tesla. So oh, no. I understand yeah, this, Yeah, it's right? like a sliding panel. There's a panel because it's, it's smooth. It's, when I get an Uber yeah. that is a Tesla, I have to... Google a YouTube video explaining how to open the door every That's time right. before I get That's in because right. I'm like, I'm not going to be embarrassed this time. No, it's, yeah, you might as well be opening the door. Sir, today. how do I open this door? It's, it's, it's like getting into the DeLorean. It's the flight, like, the, the, the flight of the Navigator. Yes, flight of the Navigator. That's very good. Uh, okay. And my last quote here. All 12 charging posts were occupied with drivers slowing the process down slightly by staying inside their vehicles with the heat on high. Okay. Mm -hmm. They, Remind me, Vic, does that take from the battery? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Now, there are two batteries, of course, and it's like the, the smaller battery that is the one that if that gets zapped, then you can't even get to the, the larger battery issue. Um, they all want it. Okay, so they want us to drive EVs, right? They want us to drive electric vehicles. How many, if we all drove electric vehicles in this wonderful, perfect world, how many charging stations? No, it's just all a bad do? idea. 
It's not from, and we're from sitting beginning at, to end. You know, it took me only six hours to get from here to uh, Richmond, you know, to uh, where from New Jersey to New Look, York. You know, I, I shouldn't so. say it's all a bad idea. It's a fine idea for people who commute very small distances sure. or want in your to city, very small you distances. Live in your city. It's like it's like a it's like a yes. friend of mine who lives in a fancy part of Boston and, and bikes everywhere and doesn't understand why yes. you can't everyone can't walk down to Balducci's or Whole Foods to get what they need. But people should go into this with eyes wide open. Yeah. Because if you live in a cold climate, this is a dangerous situation. Yeah. If you're stuck on the side of the road, by the way, in a snowstorm or something, an inclement weather event, a lot of tow trucks are busy. Perhaps they can't get to you. Yeah. Like this is, I would not send my kids out when they are drivers in this kind of situation. Right. right? right. Um, so it's an actual danger for people. Uh, if you're trying to make a living with your car. Oh impossible right. he wasted five to six hours of his day just That's insane five hours just charging another two hours to get to the yeah. station didn't you have, i had this image in my and mind then you have to hang out with other yeah tesla drivers car owners. yeah which can't be great if you uh and you know what some of my best friends have teslas okay sure. i just want to say it that way uh <laughs> the you know but you know how you have uh you know i picture you know all these teslas there and some are you know they're broken down they're on yeah. the side they're out of power they're, they're great they're, looking though they're great looking and then i'm picturing this old like ford pickup truck from the 80s just, just zooming by <laughs> right on by it's 14 degrees and they got no problems in that ford pickup i just these yeah. this is sort of a quintessential emblematic broken yeah. promise right. of bad policy and they're incentivizing this despite the fact by the way that electric cars are still electric and they are still getting energy oh. from fossil fuels fuels yeah. it's just like three steps removed you're getting you know they got a they got they, they got a mine for these you know for the for the batteries right yeah. from the cobalt and everything else that they need and it's happening like in congo with you know child labor right and then they're processing and building these batteries, like in China, right? And right. they're strip mining in, in China using the, the oh, Uyghurs. all the all the it's good a, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. So, but but you Just know, some but that's okay. And some terrible there's strip that, mining. But that's so yeah, know. but that's okay because it comes to you. And the particulates in the air, and if there's a fire, God forbid that that's a mess. I'm not sure how it works, by the way, in the future with used Teslas. Who wants the used battery? You know how much it costs to replace a battery? Oh, I'm sure it's, it's yeah, insane. It, 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 it's obscene. By the way, they say as usual. Uh, I guess the New York Times is back to looking to Scandinavia and Europe oh, for, yes, for examples. They about because during COVID, Norway. of course, we couldn't look to Sweden. But now we no. can look to Norway and say, for like, look, they've got it look. all figured out in Norway. Yeah. So there's no reason we can't do this. Except for they're not vaccinating the babies. We don't know why. <laughs> but they do have the electric vehicles figured out. They got the electric figured vehicles out. figured Remember, out. And it, I, I got into that part of the story, mm -hmm. and it was all about knowing how to preheat your car ahead of time. Yeah. Well, apparently that's what you got. You can't just get in a car anymore. You see, we're, it, we're, is this progress? Is this really progress? I, I just, okay. It doesn't feel like it. One other thing here, and this is kind of, oh, two other it things. It is progress if you're a member of the Davos crew at well, the yeah, World well, Economic Forum, which we're going to get to in a minute. Speaking of which, I was going to say John Kerry, mm -hmm. uh, he ha he was asked about this, the electric vehicles issue and that there seems to be a pushback. And he, he blamed it on disinformation. Oh, naturally. You know, it's, 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 it has nothing to do with the fact that these cars aren't working right now. You yeah. know, and then the other thing was and a very interesting story out of Connecticut, like 17 other states, 17 states, including Connecticut. Virginia is one of them when it was under Governor Ralph Northam. They basically tied their uh, policies to California's climate policy. Always right? wise. You Always know, wise. You want to you want to follow the. The United States yeah. leader in losing population as a percentage to uh so so yes so Connecticut, um, they agreed that 
they, they were pushing for a new law that by 2026, 35% of all the cars sold have to be electric. Okay. The comment section for this kind of a process was en- like overwhelmingly anti, right? Oh, interesting. And they pretended that it was about even, and mostly people are on their side, but it was so clear that this was not going to happen, let alone that they were going to just eliminate selling all combustion engine cars, gas-powered cars by 2035, that uh, the Democratic governor, Ned Lamont, just put it into it. He put the kibosh. He says, like, this is not a good idea for, you know, me politically, yeah. is what he's saying. So that's not happening. Uh, but it's just insane. It's it's not great. Uh, I'm, I'm regretting now that I wasn't uh, uh, conspiracy theory-minded and red-pilled enough when I let go of my 2002 Honda Civic. Oh, because that thing no. is surviving all the ranks. All this, no, no, this There's, is this... They, they ain't a computer on that thing. Wait, what? What? Wait till the EMP, <laughs> EMP happens. EMP proof. EMP proof. I, I gave Forget it away. Forget it. The rest of us are doomed. Right. <laughs> a little, a little update on how government can ruin everything. Uh, yeah. This is uh, from my buddy at Smarter News, uh, Jenna Lee, brought to my attention that states have been given two years to apply new changes in the U.S. Federal Highway Administration's new manual on oh. uniform traffic control devices. This is this is very what the sad. federal government has said is uh, you're not allowed to have funny or interesting messages on your traffic yeah. uh, signs anymore. So Ohio, for instance, is, oh, hi, whoa, watch your speed. <laughs> Or visiting in-laws, slow down, get there late. Like, cute, right? I, t- I typed that one in, by the way. <laughs> those are now out. Those are banned. Yes. Are banned. In, a, in a couple of years, it's supposed to be eliminated. And the manual is like, what do they say? It's hundreds and hundreds of pages long because that's what it has to be. Of course. Of, of course. course. It, um, okay. Do they really, actually... Go ahead. Can I just read please. this? Because yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. so please. government. I have thoughts. Overhead electronic signs with obscure meanings, references to pop culture, or those intended to be funny have to go because they can be misunderstood or distracting to drivers. You jerks. It's like the only thing I look forward to driving up 95. I'm not talking with my family. I mean, you know, it's just like, oh, here comes another one. Oh, that's good. You know, uh, okay, so here's here's, here's my thing. Do they actually have evidence that this has been confusing? Did somebody call some Department of Transportation number in, in, in a state and say, I didn't get that reference, and then I ended up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I, I yeah. didn't slow down because it made the in-laws joke, and I couldn't right. decipher it. So then if I take it a little bit further, is this about the old people? Does this have to do with old people not getting the signs? Well, I have a couple questions. One, and then ultimately... Is this about the silver silver alerts? Is it the silver case? Okay, that's what I want to know. I have a couple questions. Yeah. Do do they have any data that the overhead electronic signs worked in, to better the situation to begin with? Right. Like, right. We, or are we just doing signs for fun? I would be interested in the data for that. And then whether this is confusing or not, uh, does that mean that like click it or ticket is gone because that's a clever. Right. Like, does thing? that count as funny? Yeah. Does that count as cute? Does the the drunk as... driving ones were very good. Yeah. I thought they were very effective. And like the idea is that they catch your attention. Yes. At any rate. Uh, my guess we would can... be that the, the electronic signage doesn't make a huge difference in yeah. any form. Yeah. That'd be my guess. People are pretty much driving how they drive. That's right. They're not like, oh, interesting. Should I slow down? Yeah. They think that when I... they see blue lights and then they slow down. I maybe. was going to make a, 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 a joke, but I'm not going to make a joke. <laughs> All righty. What else do we have? You wanted to, you well, wanted, wanted to talk about. I wanted to do a little uh, World Economic Forum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is happening? Update. Yeah. 
So they're all in Davos doing their thing. And just as a as a eating well, drinking well, living well. As a contrast to that, I just want to note that in Paris, angry French farmers oh. dumped piles of manure in front of city buildings in the southwest city of Toulouse Tuesday, a pungent protest against the government's agricultural policy, which they say is leaving them to face increased hardships. Nearly 400 tractors and 1,000 farmers from across southwest France converged on the city after rallying before dawn at meeting points across the region. They headed for Toulouse in the early morning light, honking horns, pulling trailer loads of hay and manure as they moved in on the ancient city center, blocking entire lanes on some roads and causing massive traffic jams. Now, the sort of overreaching philosophy is, of course, that if uh, climate activists do this, it's fine. But if farmers do it, it's bad, right? Right. <laughs> it's like Palestinian protesters, good blocking roads. Farmers, bad for blocking right. roads. So it's right. like dependent on the the uh, the content of your how did protest. They, how did they dump you, the, the, the manure? Because you, you sent me this link and the photo. It looked like they used one of these machines to just shoot it's it out. Shooting. Oh, yes. come on, man. I mean, now some he, of them. Now, he, some of yeah. them had just like a you know, one load's worth and like just dumped their. <laughs> it's a giant load, load of crap. No, it's actually it's, it's, many yeah. loads worth. Yeah. <laughs> the protesters say increased taxes and social charges are causing hardship for farmers across the region. The tax hikes and other fees come on top of increased costs for fuel and yeah, yeah, animal yeah. feed and a general rise in sure. the cost of living. It is, it, 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 it is kind of, um, I mean, I appreciate the protest and the sentiment of the protest, but it can be dangerous. For example, I heard a fellow named Biff Tannen drove his Chevy, his 55 Chevy, into the pile. Oh, oh. So I'm going to get that guy. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you ever go to Europe, Already by the sure way. he's sure in trouble now. He's sure in trouble. How do you get away with me from that skateboard device? If you go to Europe, particularly, and I've been, you know, like, through Central Europe, Germany, you see these beautiful verdant pastures, mm -hmm. deep green fields, right? right? And then every now and then you might step out of a bus or a car to appreciate you walk out and then the smell hits you <laughs> and it's just this i don't know if you've hey, been you to need Europe, something to make things verdant. no i mean that's the there's a reason why it's so has such a lush deep green look it's because the that manure is just you know generously yes. spread out there but you got you kind of weirdly get used to that funky it's a very funky smell and the people who live there they're used to that like oh yeah. that's just the smell and i think you i kind of got used to it after a while you know but you can imagine what it's like in the city. That must have been just. Oh, yeah. They're lucky it's January. That's all. Yeah, that's true. It's that not warm already. out there. No, but I mean, you're right. But I mean, people are, you know, the the bigger picture thing is, of course, this the, reaches critical mass. Where people say, I have enough of these, particularly EU climate policies that are affecting our well, lives. Yeah, so this is where lives, all this you know, is coming from. The Dutch. Like a reaction very much to. Very Right. A reaction to electric vehicle. Yeah. Uh, requirements, a reaction to sort of having tools that work muscled out of the market by these restrictions from being handed down by governments. And a lot of that comes from the World Economic Forum folks who yeah. meet in Davos and say like, mm, you know what our biggest problem is? The disinformation that people with freedom of speech spread, which leads them to not trust people like us uh -huh. when we're just telling them what to do. We know what's better <laughs> for you. That really is to them the biggest yeah. problem uh but you know who was there to speak to them yeah. this week javier melier oh how exciting uh of argentina who is uh straight up libertarian -y. like he's he's he is uh atlas shrugging them he's fountainheading them do we, do, uh, do we have a do we have a, a clip i believe we have a clip neo-marxists have managed to go up the common sense of the western world they achieved this through the appropriation of the media, 
culture, universities, and yes, even international organizations. The final case is very serious, as it involves institutions with huge influence on the political and economic decisions of the countries in these multilateral organizations. Fortunately, more of us dare to raise our voices as we see that if we don't confront these ideas head on, the only possible destiny is more state, more regulation, more socialism, more poverty, less freedom, and consequently, a worse quality of life. But I want to read a couple yes, quotes. Yes, please. What did he from, say? Just what to did, give you an idea yeah, what did he say? Because this is like, what he's yeah. all about. He says, today I am here to tell you that the Western world is in danger, and it's in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the desire to belong to a privileged class, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. And it goes on and on and on like an unedited and Ayn Rand speech. <laughs> do, you, well, do you think he'll be uh, invited back next next year? You know what? This is like this is to the World Economic Forum what Ricky Gervais was to the Golden Globes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and they need to hear it. <laughs> They need to hear yes. it. The attendees were like uh, Johnny Depp and, yes. and, and, and being uh, attacked for the movie The Tourist. Um, I want to read the conclusion. He says, uh, in concluding, I would like to leave a message for all entrepreneurs and business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated either by the political caste nor the parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender yourself to a political class that only wants to perpetuate itself in power and keep their privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we have ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at the best price, thereby contributing to the general well-being. Do not yield to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of the story. And rest assured that starting today, you can count on Argentina as an unconditional ally. Long live freedom, damn it. That's the end of the speech. <laughs> okay, I have two thoughts on this. One is, he would be an amazing commencement speech oh, speaker. Oh, please, if yes. You had, you would just take all your endowment money and just give it to him, okay? They, they would be, the whole, the whole audience would be triggered. The, uh, oh, depending on where he speaks. Long live freedom, uh, damn second, it. I need that on a t-shirt. The t second thing is, if it doesn't work out here for us mm -hmm. in the next year or two, I might just move down Look, there. Is Javier starting a new Last Best Hope? Maybe he is. I mean, the steak is going to be amazing. I don't yes. know about my blood, it's a beautiful my blood test, but it's, yes, the Pampas, mm -hmm. Patagonia, whatnot. Yep. You can hike there. I could be a gaucho. Mountains. Is it a gaucho? Gaucho. Sure. Yeah, sure. We don't know the words, guys. <laughs> um, at any rate. Yeah. The man's standing for Good something. Good for him. As are his uh, yeah. his sideburns. They are also yeah. standing for something. Yeah. Anyway, I enjoyed that very much. I do love a speech with moral clarity about the power of capitalism and entrepreneurialism to raise people out of poverty and to serve yeah. people better products, more prosperity. That is like the whole reason I became conservative is right. because I very looked message. at these two options and was like, yes, I agree, Javier. Collectivism not working out so well for people yeah. and capitalism seems to lift people in really impressive ways. So cheers to that speech. Cheers to that. And Somebody. not the people who try to.
They're probably trying to censor the speech on YouTube or yeah. something because they're activating it's everyone. They're, well, they're activating everyone's Microsoft, you know, the, the microchips in them now. But it's too late <laughs> for all Did you get injected this. with that? I, I, apparently I did. Okay. Jokes, jokes, jokes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Let's don't want to move us on that little chart there of truth. Uh, okay. Do you want to talk about uh, Miss America? Oh, man. Do, do I, I ever. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, why, why would I want to talk about Miss America, Mayor Catherine? Miss America? This year, uh, Colorado, Miss Colorado crowned mm -hmm. the first ever active duty military woman oh. crowned Miss America. A United States Air Force fighter pilot wow. training to be a top gun has been crowned Miss America. Madison Marsh, 22, who comes from Fort Smith, Arkansas, won the top award at a ceremony in Orlando, Florida on Sunday night. Second Lieutenant Marsh was crowned Miss Colorado in May 2023. She's the first active duty officer from any branch of the military to represent at the national level of the Miss American organization. Congratulations to her. She's a real impressive lady. You know, I clicked on the story mm -hmm. and saw Did the... Did you click, click through all the competitions? I guess you could say she took my breath away. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking of asking her out, but I was afraid of getting shot down. Fair. Okay. No, the, I have a whole. I'll, I'll I'll spare you the other jokes <laughs> involving words like cockpit. Okay. No! I'm just sorry. No, okay. It's a, okay. It didn't work. It didn't work. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. On her tail. Okay. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> she is of course she. So she's like the full package, isn't she? Because I mean, it really seems she's like it. um, uh, she's heading to Harvard Kennedy School. Is that correct? Oh yeah, that too. Taekwondo black belt. What man? This is my big concern. What man? Aside from me, since I was in the Civil Air Patrol, so we'd have a lot in common. Could sort of be up to you think to her standard, her level. I mean, how would that work? Well, who would you? You she she would have to marry some sort of a, like a Navy SEAL, some guy who's yeah, another Delta I mean, Force think... and a Rhodes Scholar, a Rhodes Scholar Delta Force guy. It's gonna be yeah. It's a tall order. Are you ready for this? Okay. My strategy would have been, mm -hmm. would have been. Were you not already were spoken not, for? Yes. Lovely wife whose birthday is today, by the way. I would just own it. I'm like, you know what? You wear the pants in the family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make some amazing blueberry muffins for you. When you come back from shooting <laughs> down like, you know, three or four yeah. SU-35s, I'll be like, that's great, honey. Have a muffin. I'll be here with a Manhattan. Yeah. No, everything. Is yeah. 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 The house is clean. You know, me and my Roomba. And and that there's no way because otherwise don't try to compete. No, no, no. There's no competing. I think yeah. I mean, this is a, you know what this is. This is a this is a task for the Bachelorette. <laughs> no, she's amazing. We I need think to this recruit a yes. bunch of men strategically to yeah. go on the Bachelorette to date her specifically. Right. Um, and they can't be all these like Instagram model dog walker types. You need men who have a career, who are alpha. Yeah. Unless I guess you could have a smattering of the not going to compete. Yeah, that's right. Because you know what? I'm not, and, and and I'm not afraid to take on that role kind of a thing, right? She's I'm too just, dignified for I'm the gonna, bachelorette. I'm gonna she, own I, it. I would hope that she would she reject that. Own it. <laughs> she would. She would reject my stra my strategy. No, of just the beta, the bachelorette. Oh, in the bachelorette. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe right. I'm wrong though. Now uh, we do have a big legal case coming up. I think you wanted we, to talk about. That. We do. Okay. So this is uh, the Supreme Court had oral arguments mm -hmm. for. A case that centers on some fishermen, it's commercial fishermen, yeah. uh, small businesses, mm -hmm. I believe in Rhode Island and New Jersey. Due to a federal law regulation, they are required to be monitored in their fishing yeah, they every pay day. For them too. And so these federal government monitors have to be mm -hmm. on their fishing boats every day, and then they have to pay for the privilege of having those federal government monitors on right. their boats every day. 
these folks have sued the federal government saying, this isn't in the law that we have to pay for this. This wasn't passed by Congress. The issue with this, and it's becoming a, it's going to be a fairly big deal to the federal government, is that the reason the federal government could force them to pay for this, even though it wasn't in the law, is there's something called Chevron deference, which comes from a 40-year-old case called Chevron versus Natural Resources Mm -hmm. Defense Council that says basically that courts should defer to an agency's reasonable interpretation of an ambiguous statute. That's right. This has led to many decades of Congress just going, hmm, let's do this, and then deferring to experts allegedly and reg writers and all the folks who are Mm -hmm. unelected and often unaccountable in the various agencies to say what that means. And then when they're challenged, they go, ah, Chevron said we can do this. Right. (laughs) So uh, what's interesting is uh, not only does it involve statutes that are uh, perceived to be ambiguous, but determining what those statutes are itself is kind of ambiguous. So all of a sudden, these federal agencies, yeah, these federal agencies are like, well, we consider that to be be ambiguous and citing 84, you know, Chevron versus uh, Natural Resources Defense Council will handle it from here. And courts are just like, fine, you can do that. But the the big fear the Biden administra- administration says, of course, is that this will be, if if this happens, right, and it could probably be like a six three decision, right. quite possibly with Brett Kavanaugh maybe you know, who, uh, leading the charge, it's going to be chaos. But you, that's not a reason not no. to challenge something that is, you know, that is considered right. to be wrong or or wrongly argued. Right, it, uh, much like with the overturning of, of Roe, Roe v. Right? Wade, which we... by the way. The abortions are still happening. No, so no, this, see, this, this whole is, thing. Well, the, is, yeah, they, I heard somebody say know. on the news the other day about the when, when Roe was overturned and the national ban on abortion. It's like that's not a real yes, thing. That it didn't happened. happen. Yeah, it's where the handmaidens. Point being, in. despite the logistical and uh, political fallout mm-hmm. of such a decision, I think it would be the correct decision that Congress right. should be making the rules and not deferring to these agencies over and over right. and over again with a tremendous power. So it says a. Uh, This is SCOTUS blog writing on it. After more than three and a half hours of oral argument on Wednesday, it seemed unlikely that the rule outlined in that case, known as the Chevron Doctrine, will survive in its current form. Mm -hmm. A majority of the justices seemed ready to jettison the doctrine, or at least very significantly limit it. The court's ruling would have ripple effects across the federal government, where agencies frequently use highly trained experts to interpret and implement federal laws. Although the doctrine was relatively non-controversial when it was first introduced in 1984, in recent years, conservatives, including some members of the, we pounced, guys, some members of the Supreme Court have called for it to be overruled. The the folks, the fishermen, of course, are quite sympathetic figures, and their story is sympathetic. Those who say that Chevron is amazing uh, say that this is just a uh, this is a backdoor way for big corporations to avoid environmental mm-hmm. regulations. Mm-hmm. But I would just like the people who we elect to do the thing that they're supposed to do. And this is part of a generation-long yep. pattern of Congress going, mm, we don't really want to do those things. Right. We'll have someone else do I'll those I'll tell you, things. what surprised you, I, I was really surprised because I didn't think that people really cared that much about the Atlantic herring except for me. I love herring and cream sauce. So this just, is this is a case made it, for me. Ma- you know, the, the the herring is so delicious. That's the first thing. The second thing is based on my experience as a legal correspondent on the much the much missed Right and Writer podcast, mm-hmm. it might not just be an outright reversal but rather 
a sort of reinterpretation of something called the um, Administrative Procedures Act. So, right. you know, it be, there'll be some gray area, but it'll be, it could be somewhere in between is all I'm saying. Uh, the other thing that's is really interesting, it was brought to my attention by my colleague Colin Anderson, which is, do you know who seems to be absolutely obsessed with the Chevron deference? No. Ron DeSantis. Apparently, I wouldn't have known this because I was not able to tune into his um, announcement with Elon Musk that he was running for president. If you remember, that was all sorts of technical yes, glitches. Yes. But one of the things he said in his announcement was that one of the first things he wants to deal with is the Chevron deference. No, it, it would not. It does not surprise me at all that DeSantis is deeply yeah, uh, engaged totally on Chevron, yeah. Chevron deference. Yeah. A note from so this is from Reason magazine saying the dispute at the center of these lawsuits is real. It illustrates how vulnerable Americans are to whims of federal agencies empowered to invent their own authority. Mm -hmm. The plaintiffs are family-owned businesses that cannot easily bear the financial burden imposed by the requirement that they not only make room on their cramped boats for observers monitoring compliance with fishery regulations, but also pay for that dubious privilege. They also note the Department of Veterans Affairs took advantage of the same Chevron doctrine to deny a disabled veteran three years of benefits it owed him, relying on an yeah. arbitrary rule it invented for its own convenience. So you can see how if you are a small business person or if you are someone sub subject to a regulation, the idea that like a handful of experts mm -hmm. at Department of Energy or Veteran Affairs or wherever it is can just be like, this is what we think the law is. Right. Seems like a problem. Yeah. So, sorry, Congress, you might have to do yeah. your, your actual, actual jobs job. more frequently. I know you're not good at doing even like keeping the government running, but, yeah. you know, we got some more things for your plate. The thing is, it's supposed to be hard to pass stuff. That's how yeah. it's supposed to work. And That's right. liberals who like a lot of stuff passed sort of bypass the idea that the founders had that we should not pass a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I know who can do it. Like Toby over at yeah. Department of yeah. Hood. He'll handle or it. Or some executive decision. Somebody. <laughs> anyway, people are going to flip out a little bit. Yeah. There, there's a segment of nerds that's going to lose their minds over this. Yes, it'll be the worst thing since the end of net neutrality. Oh, yeah, we all died. We all Remember, died. Remember, we all died. That's right. Citizens United. <laughs> we true. all died. We all died. All right. We have uh, Kamala Harris on The View. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I know you're a longtime fan, Vic. How'd she do? Well, uh, you know, I mean, it's a kind of a tough crowd for her. Yes. You you know, and she can't possibly speak this way when she's just working with her staff. I just... Regarding the possible return of Donald Trump, she said very clearly, she, maybe I'm sure we have a clip of this, she's scared as heck. Mm. Scared as heck. Mm. Uh, the, the fear, of course, is that they might do something terrible, like weaponize the Department of Justice. Yes, we should, we should listen to her, which, okay. which I'm sure she's... Oh. Eloquent and charming as always. Okay. A person running to become the commander of ch in chief who is admitting he would weaponize the Department of Justice. We were smart enough not to admit it. These issues in terms of how we are doing on a daily basis and how our democracy in our country is doing are inextricably linked. Y'all, look, this is the easiest oh, assignment she's ever had. Just yeah. go... Go to The View and bitch about Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, it's the easiest no. it's thing. It's softball right up there. And she still is, like, yeah. flubbing it. 
We're flubbing it. It's amazing. Do they convince themselves that she's amazing or do they know she's terrible? No, no, they don't. No do one think, thinks No one you, thinks either one of them yeah, is amazing. You've been on the show. I don't know if that ever came up, but I mean, it's just, you know. I don't think anyone that. thinks that either Kamala or Joe Biden is amazing. To the point but they got to put on the face. Well, right? they do I mean, a little they, bit, a but little the, bit. to the point that the people who really put on the face, there is a guy who routinely tweets about how breathtaking Kamala is, no. and he, it just doesn't get a lot of traction because it's so far yeah. from the truth. Yeah. It's like the people who tweet that Donald Trump is a great man of faith and yeah. honesty. Yeah. Like it's just like okay, there may be many things he is. That's not one of them, and an impressive speaker is not what Kamala is. Right. So, uh, do we have anything silly to end with today? Oh, you know what I wanted to mention? What did you want to mention? I, I want your take oh. at the end of this football season, this NFL season, because yes. we're coming up on um, yes. we're coming up on playoffs in the yes. Super Bowl. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah, net good, net bad for the NFL. Well, it really kind of depends on uh, how if they advance in the wild card game. They got a big game against <laughs> Buffalo true. Bills. I mean, you know, and that's a great rematch. Um, actually, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, it created obviously more, more people tuned in. Yes, I, I know. You know, um, my daughter. See, got very excited thing. about this. She had no idea what's happening, but oh, you might see her. You know, in the bot in, in 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 the owner's box or whichever box there yeah, yeah. at so Arrowhead. Very exciting. So I, I, it's a net good. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. So like, I'm right? I'm in the it, there are there are haters. There are haters. Well, what's the what's the what's the downside? Well, of... so the downside, particularly at the beginning, I understood more at the very beginning when this was like the only story on earth. Um, which like by the end of 2024, you guys are gonna wish that this was the only story on earth. But <laughs> at the beginning, when the cutaways to her were so frequent, and we were talking about during football games, talking about her more, like yeah. so so much, yeah. and their relationship so so much versus the actual game, which you had to watch, I understood people being annoyed. It's leveled off a bit, and I'm kind of rooting for the two of them. It's a, it's an off-brand pick for her, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I like him. I think he comes from a nice family. And this thing where dudes' daughters are interested in football and they're watching together, I think is adorable. Yeah. They, I am a huge football fan. I learned watching with my parents uh, and spent many great years watching uh, football year, football with my dad and I think that's very cool. What's very helpful now is you just all you have to say is they gotta pat they gotta get past that yellow line. Yeah, no, that's true. That's when it. I was a child, that's I had it. to that's... count yards. No, I yeah, I didn't understand how it worked at all until I actually went to a Redskins game. I really didn't. And that was like um, in the nineties. So there's that. And then I noticed yeah. online the other day, it's adorable. The Swifties who have just gotten into football, the new football girlies they were very emo about Taylor's boyfriend's brother, Jason Kelsey, of the, uh, the Eagles. Uh, center with the Eagles, possibly retiring at the end of their season. And there were so many compilations of Swifty lyrics and like moving old video of Jason Kelsey. And I was like, this is a moment. We're having a what moment. It's so here? sweet. I'm, I'm a little emotional for Jason. You know? Yeah. Uh, and people were just doing all these like hilarious tween tributes to the retirement of a Philadelphia Eagles yeah, lineman. They probably never had heard of before. It's amazing. But, anyway, okay. so I say net good. All right. Uh, I, Best I, of luck to those guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, especially now that she knows the mother, you know, it's, it's kind sweet. of, it's awkward. It's awkward if it doesn't work out. The, uh, I, I do have a correction. You're going to kill me about this one. Okay. 
on our last, you're gonna you're gonna kill me because we're ending it on this note. <laughs> on the on the last episode, I I mentioned the possibility. I said, oh, you know, uh, uh, we, I talked about the kinder and gentler Trump. You know, his consolation, his 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 uh, a speech post Iowa caucus speech, and he was you know conciliatory. That was the word. He was conciliatory. Yes. Uh, it's over now. It's over. <laughs> he, he's back to calling Nikki Haley Nimrata. You know what? Look, we had a moment. Yeah. Uh, as I always, as I have said for many years, uh-huh. he can keep a lid on his id for about yeah. thirty-five minutes, yeah, that's and a, then we're off and running with normal Trump that, again. It, so nobody, this is the thing about it's good that, if, yeah. if it ends up being Biden versus Trump, which I don't know if I said in the last uh, podcast, like just twenty twenty but older. If that's what we end up with, yeah. Do not rely on any new or different behavior from Trump to convince new and different voters to vote for him. No. There may be new and different voters yeah. who do turn to him because Biden is so, so terrible. Right. But I would not count on any new tools, no no new arrows in the quiver for uh, convincing folks. No, I mean, this is it. What you see is what you, this I mean, is you, th- this is it. There's, you know, <laughs> <sighs> hello, Buenos Aires. That's all I have to say. It's a beautiful place. It is. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at NK Hammer on Twitter, at NK Hammer Time on Instagram. Oh, I did put up my video of me dressed in my NFL game day fit, so you guys should go check that out. Um, and give me suggestions on who I should, which fit I should do next. Travis Kelsey, actually, a good choice. Jason Kelsey, too easy. It's just what I wear every day, like sweatpants and a, and a T-shirt and flip-flops. So tune in there, at Getting Hammer Podcast on YouTube and Instagram. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Uh-huh.